The opening over-under point total has been set at 95.5 for the Boston Bruins in 2022-23. Today in the podcast, I'm going to talk about realistic expectations for this team this season, why there's reason to be concerned, and also why there's reason for optimism, and uh, argue for both over and under. So let's get into it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Thursday, September 1st. Can you believe it? We are in September already. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day through the summer. Really means a lot that you were tuning in as we made our way through a sometimes quiet off-season, but we are back at it and ramping up to training camp, which will begin in just a few short weeks. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins. Same on Instagram. You can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. And please do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You can find it on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Apple, search up Locked On Boston Bruins, and also on YouTube. Last time I checked, we were at 599 subscribers. Would be amazing to get past that 600 mark today as we continue to grow here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. So, like I mentioned off the top, we got the opening over under totals for all teams this season. And the Boston Bruins has been set at 95.5. Last season, they opened at 103.5 points, and they finished with 107. So if you took the over for 2021-22, congrats, you came out on top. Here, the Bruins are at 95.5. Equal to the St. Louis Blues, behind the Los Angeles Kings, and just ahead of the New York Islanders. The highest team is the Colorado Avalanche at 111.5 points, followed by the Toronto Maple Leafs at 107.5, the Florida Panthers at 105.5. I'd be smashing the under on that one if I was a betting person. The Carolina Hurricanes... Tampa Bay Lightning at 103.5, Edmonton Oilers 102.5, Calgary Flames, Pittsburgh Penguins 101.5, Minnesota Wild, New York Rangers 99.5, Nashville Predators, Vegas Golden Knights 97.5, and the Los Angeles Kings at 96.5, as I mentioned. So among Eastern Conference teams, the Bruins come in at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th. So, still considered a playoff team. 
if you look at those uh, over under point totals, the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Now, why is it that their point total is set 11.5 points lower than where they finished last season? Well, there's a couple obvious reasons for that. The Bruins will be shorthanded to begin the season. If you're opening up without Brad Marchand, without Charlie McAvoy, then there could be some serious problems. Charlie McAvoy, as we recently discussed, was ranked the number fifth defenseman in the NHL right now. Seems to be always on the cusp of entering the Norris Trophy finalist conversation with a full season this year. He certainly would be there in my estimation. He should have been there last season, you could argue. Brad Marchand, of course, one of the more consistent wingers in the NHL over the last several years. And, you know, replacing him on the top line, incredibly difficult, even with newcomer Pavel Zaka in the mix. You could argue that the Bergeron line will be the second line to begin the season with Taylor Hall, David Krejci, and David Pasternak forming a more formidable trio uh, off the top. There's also some uncertainty when it comes to the coaching situation. You have Bruce Cassidy having been fired after leading the Bruins to very successful regular seasons during his six years with the club. They ranked near the very top in most statistical categories, team defense being one of them. Will Jim Montgomery coming in improve that? Will a more up-tempo north-south structure diminish their defensive capabilities or their defensive output anyways? Who knows? Uh, There's also, you know, some questions about the bottom of the lineup, who exactly will fit in there. You have Matt Grizzlick and Mike Riley banged up as well. The defense will be depleted to begin the season, to be sure. And that raises some serious questions about whether or not the Bruins can um, put together a total season that could push for a hundred points. You know, those first couple months are going to be, are going to be difficult for them to be sure. And it's going to be very important to stay afloat in the Eastern conference playoff race. You know, it's, it's very easy to fall behind and, Difficult to catch up with the three-point games around the NHL. Typically around Thanksgiving, December 1st, you have an idea of the top teams in each conference. And because of the loser point, it's so much more difficult to, to catch up in the playoff race. So if they're stumble out of the gate, could be a tough slog. But... There's reason to believe that the Bruins can hit that 95.5 point total despite the injuries, despite the coaching change. And we're going to talk about those reasons for optimism 
and realistic expectations for this team this season here in a moment. But first, a quick word about betonline.net. That's where these point totals are coming from, and they're your number one source for all pro and college football betting this season. You can find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. They're your continued source for all sports wagering information. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. So we talked about some of the reasons why the Bruins' point total is set 11.5 points below where they finished last season. Namely, injuries to Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy to begin the season, and some uncertainty when it comes to how the team will perform under new head coach Jim Montgomery. We had a very clear sense of what Bruce Cassidy was capable of, what he was able to get out of this team, less so with a new head coach coming in. It's just difficult to project how the team will perform under him until we get some evidence either way. But there are some reasons for optimism here with the Boston Bruins and reasons to believe that they will indeed or could indeed surpass that 95.5 point total. First, obviously, Patrice Bergeron being back in the mix is huge for this team. Selkie Trophy winner had one of his best defensive seasons last year, a beast in the faceoff circle, and still a very productive player offensively as well. So having him in the mix, obviously huge. If he chose not to come back, I would expect their over-under would have been set quite a bit lower. Then you have David Krejci coming back. No disrespect to Eric Howla, but having Krejci as your second-line center is an upgrade. And like I said earlier, that line of Krejci, Pasta, Hall could be one of the more prolific in the Eastern Conference, perhaps league-wide. So that's huge for the Bruins, having those two centers back. Obviously, they're advanced in age. Their best years are behind them, but much better than the alternative for the Boston Bruins, which would have been Charlie Coyle as your first-line center, second-line center, Jack Stanika, who knows. So that's that's great for the Bruins. Another factor is the goaltending tandem. You know, last season, Linus Allmark came in, started off a bit slow. It was a new system, new city, new teammates, new everything after spending his career to date with the Buffalo Sabres. But he settled in, and he and Jeremy Swayman had a very good season together as the duo for the Boston Bruins. Keep in mind, of course, there was the whole Tuka Rask comeback in there. Jeremy Swayman was sent down to the American Hockey League for a little bit as Rask attempted his comeback. This year, there'll be no 
question as to who the two goalies will be, barring injury, of course. And all that's to be decided is who will be 1A, who will be 1B, and that will likely interchange as well. You'll probably see Swayman get the lion's share of starts for a time. Allmark will get the lion's share of the starts. If Swayman stumbles a bit, uh, last year it was an even 41 game split for, for those two guys. And we'll likely see close to 50-50 uh, again. Unless, of course, one of these guys goes on a, a ridiculous streak where they just can't be beat. So that solid tandem will help the Bruins through the losses of a Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, even Brad Marchand, who is an asset defensively for the Bruins. I also think David Pasternak is going to come out firing this season. As of right now, he is unsigned beyond this coming season. Um, if he enters the season without a contract, he'll be obviously extra motivated to back up what will likely be a pretty high ask on his next deal. But either way, you know, last year he entered the season amidst personal tragedy and turmoil. And he just did not not look like himself to begin the season. Things picked up, obviously, in the 2022 where he scored 32 of his 40 goals from January through April. If we could get that David Pasternak all season long, he could challenge for 50 goals and the Bruins will need every ounce of offense they can get out of him this season. And certainly playing with David Krejci will help. So those are three reasons why I think the Bruins should be able to withstand these early injuries. And when it comes to realistic expectations for this team, I don't think there's any question that they're a playoff team. I know it's very trendy, sexy to pick the Detroit Red Wings to pick the Ottawa Senators. Some people even thinking the Montreal Canadiens or the Buffalo Sabres could jump into an Atlantic Division playoff spot. When it comes to the wild card, you have teams like the New Jersey Devils, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mentioned the New York Islanders. They're only one point behind the Bruins in terms of the over-under. But... When all is said and done, the Bruins are and will be a playoff team in 2023. Again, it's very trendy to pick the Senators, to pick uh, the Red Wings. In my mind, it's more likely that the Florida Panthers could come, come crashing down and miss the playoffs. That could be my bold, hot take heading into next season. They lost one of their best defensemen, or they traded away one of their best defensemen in Mackenzie Weger. Um, Jonathan Huberto from Matthew Kachuk. They've lost Anthony Declair to injury to begin the season. Sergei Bobrovsky can't be relied upon. 
although Spencer Knight is a very talented goaltender. There's just a lot of question marks there. You could argue the Maple Leafs may take a step back with their goaltending situation. Tampa Bay lost Andre Palat, among others. I think the top four will remain intact. But it's possible that you could see the Panthers fall down. But I do believe the Bruins will be a playoff team. Beyond that, it's so hard to say once you get into the playoffs. Could they win a round? Could they win two rounds? Three? Four? That's the ultimate goal, obviously. They're bringing Krejci Bergeron back into the mix. And kind of approaching the season as a last dance scenario. The Stanley Cup is the ultimate goal. Realistically, I mean, it's so hard to say. You can look at the Maple Leafs and say they're due for a breakthrough. Lightning, always strong. They have the best goalie in the world, arguably one of the best defensemen in the world, some of the best forwards in the world still. Um, Maybe the Panthers will surprise. Maybe the Rangers will break out, take it to the next level. Uh, over in the Metropolitan Division. The Hurricanes, always strong, as we know. So once it comes to the playoffs, all bets are off, and so much can change between now and then. But just looking at it, realistic expectations for the Boston Bruins, I think playoffs, certainly anything less than that would be a massive disappointment. You don't bring all these guys back to not make the playoffs. All right, the Bruins will be a playoff team. Probably one, two rounds. Um, Last season being in the Metro bracket was a huge bonus for them. I could see them, if they had won game seven, moving to at least the Eastern Conference final. Maybe that kind of scenario pops up again. Atlantic Division will be tough to get through no matter who you're playing. Uh, But I think we can confidently say the Bruins will be a playoff team in terms of over-under. I'm going to take the over when it comes to 95.5 points for the Boston Bruins. Are these injuries to begin the season worth six losses? I mean, maybe. That's what makes it tricky is those injuries. But I'm still going to take the over. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And I think they can withstand those injuries and have a better than expected regular season for sure. Now, before we finish off with some news and notes from around the hockey world, a quick word from the NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you are high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. 
All right, let's finish up with some news and notes from around the NHL. I don't know if you noticed, but the Bruins did invite a free agent forward to training camp, according to camp friendly, sorry, cap friendly transactions, and that's Kelty Jurelion, who is an undrafted 22-year-old who had a pretty good ECHL season in Maine: 19 goals, 35 points, and 57 games. He came from the WHL and uh, looks like the Bruins will give him a look as they uh, try to fill out their training camp roster. According to HockeyDB, uh, you know, he, again, comes from the American, or sorry, the, the WHL in 2020-21. He had 17 goals. 27 points in 23 games for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, 23 goals in 63 games the season before that. He did appear in two games with Providence last year, scoring one goal. Um, a big body, and uh, they're going to see what he has here in training camp. Wouldn't expect him to make the team. Perhaps he'll be a... Uh, candidate for the Providence Bruins. Um, what else is going on here? The um, Prospects Tournament coming up in a couple weekends. If you heard my uh, interview last week with Matt Poitra, the Guelph Storm, then you know that he will be in attendance there. Uh, that will take place in Buffalo. I haven't seen a full uh, breakdown of who exactly will be there, but you can expect that he will certainly uh, be one to watch there. When it comes to becoming cap compliant, uh, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe reiterating that defenseman Mike Riley and winger Craig Smith could be the biggest trade candidates for the Boston Bruins. Um, Jack Stanika, Fabian Lysel could step in and play right wing. Uh, there was a rumor last month from Boston Hockey Now claiming a team had made an offer for the two-year-old, two but the two sides couldn't reach an agreement. Uh, looks like Nick Foligno will be sticking around. And... If the Bruins are able to clear some space before training camp, you could see some PTOs. Uh, there's been talk that perhaps Keith Yandel could be offered a PTO with defensive injuries. P.K. Subban could be offered a PTO if he doesn't sign before uh, training camp. And I, for one, am still someone who would not hate seeing P.K. Subban in black and gold. I think, yeah, he's up there in age. Certainly doesn't have the same uh, cachet as he once did as a, a Norris Trophy winner. But he's still in peak athletic form, has a rocket from the point, and the Bruins desperately need some depth on the right side behind Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton, without Charlie McAvoy in the lineup. Uh, according to Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, 
Subban not interested in cashing in after having a pretty lucrative contract on his last deal. He wants a shot to play for a Stanley Cup. Wants to play... Yeah. Still has a lot of gas left in the tank, according to his agent. And, uh, I mean, crazier things have happened. I wouldn't hate seeing that at all. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. We'll be back tomorrow with all the latest on the black and gold. I hope you all had a great July and August and that you will join me here in September as we ramp up towards training camp. Very excited about the Bruins this season and uh, looking forward to seeing what this team looks like under new head coach Jim Montgomery. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. Uh, Enjoy Rings of Power to all those who are celebrating the release of the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. I cannot wait for that tonight. Also been enjoying House of the Dragon. Uh, Maybe give some recommendations on the next mailbag episode, which will be tomorrow. If you have any questions, please do send them in. Friday mailbags. Um, And that's it. Thanks so much, friends. Talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.